Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome in the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, back again with you. Forgot to turn my light on there, Verderam. I got it in just under the wire. Uh, you guys have, have gotten probably your fill of Verderam and I over the last couple of days here with a couple of streams, but we're back. Verderam, how you doing? How you hanging in after an absolutely mad day yesterday? I'm fine. I'm tired. I'm looking forward to the weekend. But uh, it's been, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it's been invigorating. I think it's really interesting. Like at first, like yesterday when we were doing the stream, I would not use the term invigorating because <laughs> no, it was just shocking. You know, like I said, I mean, look, I'm not trying to play like the you know, the Adam Schefter role here, but I, I normally like if something like that happens, I, I at least have some indication like it might happen. It's being talked about. That came out of nowhere. That yeah. was completely shocking based on everything that I knew that people had heard for you know a couple of weeks prior. But now I think between that move and the Marquez Valdez-Scantling signing, which we'll get into, I think it's pretty obvious what they're doing. And we're going to get into all that. But I think they're trying to get younger and they're trying to get cheaper and more flexible. And if they can execute that, that's how you keep a Super Bowl window open for a really long time. Of course, the key is going to be that they have to execute it. And so that's where the the danger comes in. But it's clear what they're doing. And now they have to try and, and make it work. Absolutely. Just completely bonkers, wild. I, I was just looking at, you know, Tyreek Hill landed today and uh, in Miami. And funny enough, he was on the way there and the Dolphins tweeted out a, a video of him talking about kind of coming to Miami and he was still wearing his, his Chiefs bling around yep. his neck. I noticed once he got to the facility and they took pictures of him signing the contract, that was gone. Uh, not sure if he noticed it or, uh, or, or somebody from the Dolphins, but I, a, a little part of me uh, that loves a little chaos just kind of wishes he hopes that he walked in there with that around his neck and somebody was like, uh, Tyreek, you might want to take that off. Somebody in my, uh, on my Twitter feed offered him, uh, I think, 12 bucks for it. Uh, it's all oh, diamonds. Wow. So I thought that was a fair offer. What does he need it for? anymore well look, i and I've, I've already seen uh this red who said mvs is only seven months younger than hill though and that's true but he's a hell of a lot cheaper and if they can get 75 percent of the production which they may not be able to get by the way but if they could they'd probably take that trade because look that contract is not really three and 36 that contract per source is like two and 18 with a third year team option okay so um and and kudos to nate taylor the athletic who also had that out there and and i was confirming not reporting he reported but that's true. It's really a two-year, eighteen million dollar contract. I don't think Metcalf makes a ton of sense. And I and I reported yesterday per source the Chiefs have not initiated talks with the Seahawks on DK Metcalf. I know that was a report that was out here. I, I was told that is not true. I can't speak to the Packers portion of that report, but from the Chiefs perspective, that is not true. That it, then that doesn't mean it can't happen. But it, to this point, they have not reached out. I see other people saying in the chat about Lavisca Chenault out of Jacksonville. I think he makes all the sense in the world. That sure. guy is toolsy as hell, 
Everybody that I know loved him coming out of the draft, including people in the NFL. He's only 23 years old. He's been fairly productive on a team that is a crap fest. Like, I would, I if I'm the Chiefs, considering the way this, they're clearly trying to trend here. They're clearly trying to get younger and more flexible with their cap. Chenault makes all the sense in the world if you factor in those couple of things. So I like that. I also, look, after confirming this MVS thing, you know, there's an understanding, I I think, just kind of reading the tea leaves, they're not done at receiver. Now, it may be a couple guys through the draft. It may be a guy in the draft, a guy in free agency. But I I get the sense that they're they're looking at a couple more guys. And And that adds up if you look at their depth chart and you look at, okay, you got MVS, you've got Hardman, you've got Smith Schuster. They re they re-signed Josh Gordon, but they've lost some guys here. Robinson is gone. Okay. Obviously, Tyreek gets traded. They they moved on from from Pringle, who went to Chicago, or Pringle moved on from them. So it makes sense that they're still looking for a few more receivers. And I I expect them now with all this cap space that they have. I expect them to be aggressive. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of flexibility. We're going to get into all of it. Valdez Scantling, the contract, why we think the Chiefs did this in the first place now that we've actually had 24 hours uh, to think about it. But first, um, I have to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kansas City Beer Company, at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter, the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. They're the only local brewery in Kansas City that focuses on German beer styles, and they offer a uniquely brewed beer that adds diversity to beer selections of any occasion. I'm a big fan of their Dunkel, as you know, the Pure Pills. Really just great stuff all around. Great friends of us in the podcast. They support us. And uh, they they actually, Verderham, you know this, they brew their beer in the uh, the German the German purity law yep. of 1516. So they only use four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. So like I know with the craft beer, like revolution, I guess, I guess we're beyond that now. It's just sort of normal, but like people, you know, they're throwing like cocoa nibs and all this stuff. And, and, and what's amazing to me when I found out that about Casey Beer Co is like, they have such great flavor in all their beers and they're not adding like, you know, uh, (laughs) like, jasmine and like crazy wonky stuff into their beers not that there's yeah. necessarily anything wrong with that but the fact that they're able to do that and you're just manipulating the you're working with the different kinds of hops and stuff that you add it's pretty pretty damn cool it's awesome it's great beer love it i gotta get more of it i've been so happy to have them on board as a sponsor and look i uh, appreciate by the way everybody's liking the uh the, the, the chat the pod thank you so much appreciate yeah. that look i'm gonna try to address a few questions real quick and then we're gonna get into all this stuff deeper because there, there's just so much to, to get to. They also are visiting with Ronald Jones, uh, Jeffrey Chidea, who who's who's well sourced with the Chiefs. Is they they are optimistic essentially, and I don't want to paraphrase his report, but essentially they're they're optimistic that that's going to get done. I mean, look, that's fine depending on the money. Like I wouldn't pay Ronald Jones big money, but he can catch the ball a little bit. He's he's averaging four and a half yards a carry in his career. So he's been good with that. He does fumble the ball, which will will drive me insane. But he he's talented. I'm fine with it. I don't think it's like a huge move, but I don't think it's a bad one either. Like it's fine. And then you know, beyond that, look, uh, Tyler Lockett. I I don't again. I don't think it makes sense because you, you're getting older there and you're paying more, right? Like I I don't think you're trying to do that. Like, that's not the way they're trying to go. At least it doesn't seem that way anyway. You know, if they got an older guy in like a one year deal or something. I could see that, but. Some guy they're gonna sure. have to pay a fortune to. I just it doesn't make sense. And why wouldn't you just pay Tyreek Hill? So I can't go that route. I also think the Tyreek Hill thing informs you on another situation with them. You can't go out and pay an aging edge rusher and then not pay Tyreek Hill. It looks ridiculous. So right. if they knew they were gonna move on from Tyreek Hill as of a week ago, then 
I understand now why they didn't pay an edge rush. Now, you could argue that they should have. That's fine. But I could see in their head why they don't. And then the last thing here, as my fan page brings up, are they interested in Gilmore? So I've been doing some digging around the league on this in the last 24 hours. There was a report out there that the Chiefs were interested in Gilmore. My understanding is that, yes, they are interested in Stephon Gilmore, that they do have feelers out. However, also talking to people around the league, different teams and whatnot, the, the talk is that he he wants a, a bigger deal than he's so far being being offered, which is why he's still a free agent. So I think it, it's going to be the market's got to come down a little bit, not just maybe for Kansas City, but for some other teams as well. I think right now maybe asking a little bit much. So we'll see if that market comes down to where the Chiefs are comfortable. But yes, they my understanding is it's Stephon Gilmore is a target of theirs, or at least at least they have interest in him. And it just depends. Like a lot of free agents at this point, what is the money going to be? And that's gonna that's gonna kind of determine what they do. But I think I think it makes uh I think it makes sense that they're they would be interested in them. They definitely need a corner. Now he's older, so he doesn't necessarily fit what they've been doing, but if they get him on a short sure. term, then it, it matters less. I just don't think you want to be locked into a guy 30 plus, you know, for three, four, five years, because that's kind of what they've been moving away from. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes he- you, you can fill some of those needs with younger guys through the draft or, or smart free agency signings. And sometimes there are positions you're going to have to plug a year with a veteran, spend a little bit of money, but it's a one-year deal. You're not locked in. And we're probably going to see a mix of these types of moves from the Chiefs because they do have some needs as we move forward. Just want to say, if you like this podcast, the Arrowhead Ag Podcast, leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a written review and we'll read it on the podcast. Appreciate your support. And if you like the podcast and you want to rock some swag, check out the description for the swag store this past Monday, actually, we had a, a great happy hour with our members from the Airhead Ag Podcast. Info on that on the description as well. If you want to hang out with us and talk Chiefs football in a private setting, look it up. All right. So let's get into kind of everything that's been going on. We're going to talk more about the Tyreek Hill trade and reflect on that a little bit later in the show. But the breaking news out of the Chiefs kingdom, well, there's two breaking stories right now. And I just have to point this one out because it's as long as everyone okay. It's absolutely hilarious. Mile High Stadium is on fire. If you go to the Arrowhead Attic Twitter, I just retweeted a picture. It's not just like the actual seats are on. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life at a professional stadium. Uh, Matt Sebastian has tweeted out this picture of, of the actual seats aflame. Absolutely insane. Hope everybody's okay out there. Um, but wow, what what's going on at Mile High, Verran? Uh Well... There's a fire. That's that's about <laughs> as far as I can take it. Um, yeah. Some I good mean, jokes on Twitter. Uh, Russ is did they let Russ cook? Is Russ cooking? Um, that's that's what's going on. I do kind of right wonder now. how that started, considering yeah. there's no one there. It's kind of a bizarre. It's, it's not like the concessions are fired up, right? Very very yeah, strange. I mean, Maybe an electrical you know, thing. I mean, apparently, it's under control. It's just it's just good, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I uh, I did see that. I did see that. That was bizarre. I, I yeah. um, did not expect that. But the NFL. This has been a this has been a bizarre NFL offseason. So why not have a stadium catch on fire? Right. Uh, that's yeah. Just it's way been... these things have been going. Uh, surprises <laughs> every day. Nate, thanks for the super chat, man. By the way, I don't want to oh, lose sight of that. Um, so thank you very much. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah. do they not restructure Mahomes now? Eat the cap number while there is room to help out in the future. How does that work? So yeah, I mean, they don't need to restructure his contract. They have more more cap space than anybody in football. So by not restructuring it, you're, you're the easiest way to describe it is if they if they restructure the deal, they push money down the road, which gets spread out evenly over the remainder of the contract. So by not restructuring it, yeah, you're you're essentially lowering those cap hits of future years. So if you're the Chiefs, if you don't have to restructure, you wouldn't. So I would expect that the Chiefs are not going to restructure this contract unless unless for whatever reason they need to. But I 
I don't get the sense that that's going to be a thing. I think right now, if you're the Chiefs, you have a ton of cap space. You have a dozen draft picks. And now comes the time, like, you add another receiver. So, you know, again, free agency or and or the draft. Now it's about your defense. That offense, like, as much as it, it hurts losing Tyreek Hill, and you'd be a fool to say it doesn't, that offense is going to score points. Like, they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, MVS, all the backs, a great offensive line, Reed and Biennemi on the side. Like, that team is going to score. That team's not hurting for offensive weaponry. Like even with Hill gone, it's a top, what, six offense in football? I mean, they're going to score points. Like, I right now, they got to fix their defense. They've got to yeah. fix their defense. So that, to me, is where most of these draft picks should go. If they sign anybody with any more uh, free agency dollars, I think – now, I'm not saying it should be Gilmore specifically because it depends on what he wants. It should be it should be help at corner. It should be help at edge. Like, that's what it should be at this juncture. Like, Melvin yeah. Ingram, I think, should be brought back on a one-year deal. I wouldn't bring him any more than that. Gilmore – I'd give them two years that are guaranteed. Now, look, they want to they want to do like a three and thirty six or two are guaranteed or something. That's fine. I wouldn't give them three years guaranteed. No way. I, two years. And if he doesn't want that, fine. Draft the corner. But that's where they've got to go offensively. Like the loss of Hill really hurts, but it's not like they don't have guys who can score points on this team. They're going to score. I'm not concerned about that. They may not be thirty some odd points a game, but I I bet you they're still in the high twenties. They're going to score. Yeah. They need help defensively because that's something Mahomes and Kelsey and those guys can't fix. Well, speaking of, of scoring, and we've sort of buried the lead here, but the Chiefs did make a, a, a significant signing, as we've mentioned already in the pod, of, right. of Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. So background on this guy, if you, if you don't follow the NFC much or the Packers, he was signed to a three-year, $30 million contract with a, 30, a possibility of $36 million based on incentives. He's 27 years old. He's a former fifth-round pick. He's a big guy, 6'4", 206. So the Chiefs have gotten a little bit of size here. Um, and he's a deep threat. He's a uh, 4'3", speed. Not an impressive resume in terms of production, right? So remember, this is a former fifth-round pick. He's got, a, a, in four years, 123 receptions for 2,153 yards. A nice average of 17.5 yards per, per reception, 13 touchdowns. That's in four years playing with Aaron Rodgers. Now he's not the first option in that offense, obviously. He's in there with Devontae Adams. He's a deep threat. Still, you know, fairly young in his prime. What do you make of the signing, Verderam? I saw some Chiefs fans kind of melting down on Twitter. They're saying, why are you paying this guy? You know, they're just looking at the base contract. They're paying him $10 million a year. You don't want to sign Tyree Kill. It's not an impressive resume in terms of yardage or consistency. Can he be more than that for the Chiefs? Or is he just a veteran deep threat to kind of replace some of the things that that you're losing by losing guys like Demarcus Robinson and Tyreek Hill? So, look to me, this is not about replacing Tyreek Hill. This is they're not replacing Tyreek Hill. Now, yeah, he's a deep threat, sure, but I think it's more about replacing Demarcus Robinson and getting better where Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle were. So, Demarcus Robinson played six years in Kansas City, but really, really five because his first year he didn't even have a target. Okay. Your special teams. So in the five years, he was like a legit, honest to God receiver. His best year was 466 yards. That was in 2020. Okay. He had, he had 45 catches, career high, easily career high, 466 yards, three touchdowns. Valdez Scantling's worst year was last year, 430 yards. He only played in 11 games. He was hurt for a month. Every other year, 452, 581, and 690. And in, six, in 2020, he had 33 catches for 690 yards. He led the league at 20.9 yards of reception. 
He gets down the field. That's what he does. He is not a possession receiver. He's a very good blocker, and he gets down the field. That is what they're bringing in. Now, if you look at his yards per reception for his career, 17 and a half yards. It's a huge total. Yep. Demarcus Robinson is at 11.6. So for every reception, he literally gains six more yards than Demarcus Robinson. Okay. He is a better player than I've seen so many people like, oh, they're the same guy. They're not the same guy. Okay. Like now, I'm not trying to sell Valdez Scantling as a great player. I don't think he is. I think he's a third receiver on this team. I think he will I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Hardman play outside. You're going to see Juju play outside. I think those two will rotate that spot a little bit. Or excuse me. I think I think you'll see Juju play in the slot. Hardman yeah. play outside. I think they'll rotate a little. And Scantling will be on the outside. And so I, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see Scantling be that take the top off the defense type guy, get the ball in his hands on, on little slip screens. He's 6'4", 205 pounds. I think that's the way you're going. But I don't, I don't for any reason in the world think that he's not as good as Pringle or Robson. He's a better player than those two guys. And, and I like Pringle. He's a better player than those two players. So in the end, look, Juju and Hardman are the guys who are like – Hardman last year had something like 700 yards. I think Hill had, I'd have to go back and look, maybe 1,100. Can, the question's going to be, can the combination of Hardman and Smith-Schuster, can it get to about 1,800 yards? If they can do that, then they've essentially replaced Hill's production. Now, the hard part of that is, is Hill also changes the way teams cover you. Right. And that is going to be the interesting part of this. She's got to counter that, and that's going to be on the coaching staff. But that, to me, is the number. Scantling is going to be better than Robinson. That, uh, that is a non-concern. Unless he's hurt or something, he's going to be better. That's what they're going to need. It's uh, a really interesting pickup. Now, with the addition of, of Valdez Scantling and the addition of Juju and McCole Hardman, do you think the Chiefs will continue to add veterans or is that it and they're looking to the draft? There's a few people still out there that are interesting. I actually just saw on, on Twitter that Jarvis Landry fired his representation um, with the with the Browns yeah, getting Deshaun. Yep. Yeah, with, with the Browns getting Deshaun Watson, there have been reports that they'd like to try to bring him back, that he might be interested in going back. Uh, same thing for Jadavion Clowney. But he was somebody that the Chiefs were rumored to be interested in. Do you think he's still in play for the team or a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. or any of the other free agent receivers that are out there? Or is it draft time now to bring in more young guys? I think that if the market came to them in the right way, they would add a veteran receiver. But I think they're they're fine if they add from the draft. I, no, they're going to add from the draft. That's happening. It's just a question of whether or not both guys come from the draft or one of them. And I, I don't like again, Landry, it's going to be about does the market come to them with him? That's I don't think the Chiefs are going to go out and pay him a ton of money. And I, I'll be honest, if they did, I would kind of hammer them for it. It makes no sense. You have they they have gotten younger and cheaper with every move they've made this offseason. Every single move they've made. They got cheaper by not paying Hill. You could argue they should have paid Hill, but they didn't. They got cheaper. Okay. And they had a ton of draft picks to do it. MVS, he's a year younger than Hill. Not that that's a huge deal. He's the same age as Robinson. He's a little more expensive, but he's much more athletic. Okay, but overall in that room, they got a lot cheaper. In in the aggregate, they got a lot cheaper in that room. And they got younger in that room because Juju Smith Schuster is like 24 years old. Maybe he's 25, yeah. just turned. They're so, 24, yeah. So they've gotten cheaper and younger in that room. They defensively put in Justin Reed for Tyron Matthew. So 
I think for the Chiefs, it's obvious how they're going here. I mean, they've let Hitchens go. They've let Neiman walk. They've let Sorensen walk. They let Jerron Reed walk. Melvin Ingram's a free agent. Alex, Alex Okafor is gone. Like, it's obvious what they're doing. So they're doing it so they can be flexible and they, they can be nimble in free agency and they can be nimble in the draft. This is, this is going to come down. This Hill trade is going to come down onto whether or not they nail some of these picks. And I, right. I, I get all the analytics people have been killing me all morning or were killing me all morning for when I said that on Twitter. And they're like, well, you, you got to judge it off a of process, not off of results. That's bullshit. This is the NFL, okay? This isn't fifth grade where you show your work on a math problem and get credit for it. Like, this is the National Football League. Your process is great. You don't win football games on a spreadsheet. You win it with players. You win it with coaches. If they take that draft cache of picks, that, that five picks, and they land two really important players, then you, and, and they get maybe a third guy who's you know just a contributor, then you know what? That's not a bad trade, especially factoring in you also get $75 million in cap space you aren't going to have. But if you whiff on those picks, then who cares? I, I'll give an example, and this is a long time ago. Patrick, you might remember this. Remember Julio Jones and the Falcons trade a million picks to Cleveland? Yeah. They moved up from something like 26 to 5, Okay. They gave Cleveland a million picks, and everybody and their mother was like, oh, that's a great trade for Cleveland. They got all these assets. Look what they did. Those picks didn't turn into shit. What did it matter? Who won that trade 10 years later? Come on. No one would even argue that, right? Like, So that's the point. Now, Now, the flip side of that is the Herschel Walker trade, right? Dallas got all those picks for Herschel Walker. Now, of course, they got got more than the Chiefs got for Hill. It was a different era. The Cowboys nailed those picks. Those, the Cowboys nailed them, and it turned into the genesis of a dynasty. Like, that trade was successful for Dallas. The Julio Jones trade was successful for Atlanta. You could sit there and go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on process. What matters is who they take. If they take good players, and Veach has drafted well throughout his career, if they draft well, that trade will be worth it in the end, even if there is some short-term pain. But you got to see how things shake out. And, you know, listen, they're also let's, they're also betting on Mahomes. They're betting that Mahomes can turn Hardman into a little bit better version of himself than he is. Get Juju Smith-Schuster back to what he was. We'll see. But he's a great quarterback. That happens often with great quarterbacks. Yeah, and let's continue to reflect on this trade. Now, you and I were live. And first of all, everybody, thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, if you could hit that thumbs up button for us, we'd appreciate it. Help get more people in there. We appreciate the super chats, um, the questions. We'll get to as many as we can as we as we talk this out, as we all work through the stages of grief, because we did lose a really, really tremendous player, an all-world, all-time receiver in this deal. Uh, but we have to look to the future. So reflecting a little bit on this trade, we were live yesterday once it broke. If I had shown you the pictures first thing yesterday morning when you got out of bed, if I had shown you the pictures of Tyree Kill signing a contract with a Dolphins hat on and said, this is going to be your Thursday or your Wednesday, you know, you would have probably called said I was insane. Probably would have you know, wondered what drugs I was on or, or what Photoshop skills I had been using. When we heard that the news was that the trade was imminent, we hopped on here. We were live. And what we knew was that it was between the Jets and the Dolphins. And so we looked at the trade compensation, potential trade compensation. And I listened to your spaces last night, Matt, and I feel the same way about this. Because I tweeted, once we learned the compensation, compensation live on the air, I tweeted, this is a terrible trade for the Chiefs. Horrendous. Yep. And I've softened on that a little bit. And I've softened on it. I still don't like it, but I've softened on it for the same reasons that you did, which was you and I thought this is Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs are getting a, at least one first round pick if they trade him. And the Jets had two picks in the top 10. And we're thinking, okay, that's where we want to go. We want a top 10 pick. 
when we found out that they barely got a first round pick at number 29 from Miami, we were pretty upset. But then it came to light that the, the Jets never offered a first round pick. So the, what they had offered was a bunch of right. like three seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have preferred the Jets trade to the one that they got with Miami or are they six and one half dozen of the other? No, I, I would have rather the Dolphins deal. The Jets no. offered two firsts, but the Chiefs were all, or two seconds rather. I'm sorry. Two seconds, but the Chiefs were also giving back a third. No, no, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm surprised the Chiefs accepted that. I would have, I, I would have been, you cannot walk out of that without a first round pick. I mean, yeah. I get it's later, but at least you get a fifth year option with it. And yeah, that's the big thing that I think a lot of fans don't realize that that first round pick has a lot and, more and value. And Danny Parkins yeah. pointed that out, and he was right on. He's a radio host in, in uh, Chicago. He's being Casey. He does a great job, and he pointed that out to me. And he and, and he bang on that first that first uh, round pick matters because the, the fifth year option. No, I think they got a better deal with the Dolphins. I really do. And I was the same way as you. Like when they when they announced that, I was like, God, that's that package isn't good enough because the Jets are sitting there offering a first round pick. Because all you're hearing are all these reports of the Jets are all in, the Jets are all Just by the way, you're, if you have two first-round picks and you're not offering one of them, like even if the Chiefs maybe had to give some picks back or whatever to kind of even it out, yeah. I don't want to hear that you're all in. Like, right. you're not you're yeah. not all in to stop it, okay? Like, you're not all in if you have two first-round picks and your best offer starts with your second-round pick. All right? right. So, now, look, they weren't getting them anyway, according to Tyreek Hill today, which who knows how true that is or whatever. But the end of it is the Chiefs got five picks, three of which are lottery tickets, two-fourths. Excuse me, two fourths and a sixth, but they got two two top fifty picks. And again, this trade is going to hinge on what do those picks end up becoming. And yeah. I don't want to hear people with like, well, the process was good. That's cute. That's great. Uh, that that it's like that's all fine and well. You got to get players. I mean, right. that's what determines who wins and loses trades in the NFL. The Dolphins have won this trade right now. They got the best player by a mile. They got they got Tyree Kill, twenty eight years old, yep. but. If the Chiefs end up getting a whole bunch of guys who can contribute on defense and make them a top 10 defense in the next year or two, like I'll say this. This is going to be a fun year to watch in, in a lot of ways, but in, in this way particularly for me. They're going to play, you would think, a lot of very young players on defense, young athletic guys, guys like we've seen Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, right, who have come in and re-energized that group. This is going to be a very young defense in some places. Early yeah. on, it's probably going to be ugly at first. It's a complex scheme. There's a lot to learn. I would expect them to have to win some games in a high-scoring manner. But what does this defense look like the second half of the season? If they found the right guys in the draft, it might look pretty good. Maybe it takes a year. Maybe it doesn't gel right away. And, and maybe they miss on these guys, and then you got a real problem. But I'm very interested to see how things go, because they're clearly going in that direction. And look, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting. If they, I'll say this though, if they nail those picks, they're in phenomenal shape for years to come. Because now you've got a right. really good young team, and you've got Mahomes, but you also have a ton of cap space. So it becomes a, a best of both worlds situation. But you got to nail those picks. If you don't nail those picks, it doesn't help you. And before we talk about what we think that she should do with with some of these pitch, picks, particularly in the first round, and you've alluded to this already. It really does seem like Brett Veach's philosophy here is I'm not giving massive contracts to guys who are about to be in their 30s. And right. obviously, we know that the Chiefs offered a very rich contra contract to Tyree Kill because he's Tyree Kill. So it doesn't, this, this rule maybe doesn't apply to everybody, right? Um, but it got too pricey for them. And Veach has demonstrated that like he would rather pay guys in their mid 20s with big contracts get them through their prime and maybe you walk away a year early 
but I think right. it's, it's, it's becoming more and more across the NFL, especially because you're on cheaper contracts generally better to walk away a year early than a year too late. And do you think that that's Brett Beach's philosophy and that that came into play here? And he was like, look, if I can't get him at my top end, I know what my, my limit is. Then I'm going to, I'm going to, there's no sacred cows. There's one sacred cow in Kansas city. And his name is Patrick Mahomes. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, this organ th- that organization is about number 15. That That's what they're about until he hangs up his cleats. I mean, it, there's no two ways. I think that they have given themselves enough flexibility to really do a lot of different things based off of how the roster kind of morphs over the next few years. I was just looking at their cap space projected for next year. They have like $50 million in cap space for next year. Now, they don't have a ton of guys who are signed, although a lot of the main guys are. And of course, now they're going to have a whole bunch of draft picks who will be signed as well through it. Um, they have more They have more cap space than Denver and the Chargers combined next year. And almost the Bills as well combined, all those teams. Like, they have a lot of space. They can do a lot of things. That That really matters. I do think your point is correct about they're not going to sign a ton of guys into their 30s. They're not because it closes the window. Like the easiest way to close the window is have a bunch of dead cap on you. I got to be honest. And, they, and they, of course, I've never heard anybody inside the building say this, but I'm sure this is part of it. That Frank Clark deal probably gave them a little bit of like, hey, you know, maybe we should be careful. Maybe we should yeah. think about it a little bit. Like, because that contract, now they, they, to their credit, restructured it in a way this year where they kind of bailed themselves out a little, but still. I, I think, you know, really, the only guy you're signed even with 30s is Mahomes. And for those who want to say Kelsey, after this year with Kelsey, that's basically a team option every year. Like, they, that's a great team deal. But, I mean, they have they have the ability to just go, okay, well, we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how well are you playing? And he's going to have to continue to play well, or he's not going to be there. And I think that's that's some very hard stuff if you're a fan to deal with, but it's, it's just a reality. And it's probably the right reality, even though at times it's, it's painful and it's, it's aggravating and all the rest of it. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up. If you want to get notifications for when we go live, like yesterday when we had an emergency podcast to talk about the Tyree Kill deal, hit the bell on YouTube so that you can get notified when we're jumping on. All right, so let's talk about these picks. Obviously, the the headliner here is the first round pick and the additional second round pick that they got from the Dolphins. So now the Chiefs have a bajillion picks um, in like the top 100 or so. What what is your sort of preferred approach here? Is it to sit where they're at, let the players come to them because they like the value at wide receiver and at edge? Or is it now that you have the ammunition, you take a big swing, you package up two first round, your two first round picks and you move up high in the draft to get one player, whether that be an edge rusher corner, which are probably your top priorities at this point. And then of course there's also a receiver on the board as well. What do you what do you think, Inverteram? What's your preferred strategy here? I would I would keep my options open, but I'd like to see them take a lot of a lot of young players. I, I think that's the right way to go. Like believe in your ability to scout, believe in your ability to draft, and believe in your ability to coach. You've done a good job with it. Do it. And uh, Doyle, buddy, nobody thinks they're a dynasty. At least nobody rational thinks they're a dynasty. They won one Super Bowl. Nobody's a dynasty who won one Super Bowl. And everybody thinks that's insane. Like no, nobody, no real person thinks the Chiefs are a dynasty. So you can you can sleep well at night. I, I think. Look, if you're them, you're you're trying to build out a complete roster. If I'm Kansas City, my entire focus is building that defense. I'm not worried about their offense because the one thing other than Mahomes I'd always worry about on an offense is the line. Well, their line's great. Their line's fantastic, and it's it's cost-controlled for years, okay? And, I mean, they'll, they'll take care of 
they'll take care of uh, you know the, the the Brown deal here this summer. If if I'm if I'm KC, I'm I'm building that defense. My goal if I'm Brett Beach is to get a top ten defense because if you have that, you're winning you're winning games. You're winning games. Like look at the Bills right now. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. Might be in football. Who is the second best weapon on the Bills right now? Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, come on, Diggs, Diggs is the number one guy, and then who else? Who else? Probably. Don't. I mean, Josh Allen with his legs. Right. I mean, that's but my point is, and I think they're the best yeah. team in the AFC. Why? Because their defense is excellent. Right. And that's that's the, what took them next level last year. If the Chiefs can do that and build a defense similar to that, you're you're good to go. Like, I mean, you don't have to. You don't think this offense? If they had a top ten defense, you don't think this offense going to Super Bowl? Of course it can. You have Patrick Mahomes. You've got Travis Kelsey. You got Smith Schuster. You got all these guys. Say whatever you want about Hardman. Hardman would by a mile be the second best player on Buffalo's offense in terms of weapons. It's not even close. Like that's what they need. That's what they need. And if they can, if they can fix up the the defense, then you're good to go. You're good to go. And I, but I, I would just say, look, I right now everybody's too concerned about how many Super Bowls they're going to win and all, all, all that stuff's crap. They're not. Don't worry about them being a dynasty or whether they're going to be a dynasty. If people think you're a dynasty, like, look, they've had an amazing four-year run. They've hosted four straight AFC title games. They've gone to two Super Bowls. They've won one. Enjoy it. Like, I, I don't, it doesn't matter. And like, you don't know, like, you don't know the future. You don't know if they're going to win no no more Super Bowls. You don't know if they're going to win three more Super Bowls. You don't, I see people like, oh, Tyreek Hill, he's not going to be good. Then other people, oh, no, he's going to be great. You don't know. You don't know. Like, right. the bottom line is the Chiefs are where their feet are right now. They need to get better defensively. They need to fix that group and if they can fix that group then all of a sudden you're looking pretty good but yeah. i think i think that's you're you're way to worry about all this other crap about whether they're look they've won one super bowl there nobody's a dynasty that's done that now could they be one in 10 years maybe who cares worry about what they're gonna do tomorrow let's see what they can do let's see how they can get better and I guarantee you right now in the building, there's nobody sitting around that building going, geez, I don't know. You think we're a dynasty yet? Do you think we did it? They're <laughs> right. sitting there going, crap, man. How do we how do we fix our edge rush? How do we get back to the Super Bowl? That's it. How do we get That's this team where it needs matters. to be? Yep. That's yep. all that matters. So as far as the draft picks, and thank you, Jimmy, for the super chat. Jimmy predicts they will move yes. up and swap with Philly. Look, there is no probably no team right now. They have the most draft picks of any team this year. The Chiefs have 12 draft picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna run them down for you. They got two firsts. 29 and 30th, two seconds, 50th and 62nd. Then they've got two thirds, two fourths, and four sevenths. That's a lot of ammo, right? They're not going to take four guys in the seventh round. So they're probably going to trade around, maybe try to move up into the sixth, the fifth. But with those first round picks and then the, the second and third round pick ammunition that they have behind it. And I don't think anybody believes the Chiefs are taking 12 players in the draft. So they're no, going to make some right. trades, right? They're going to make some trades. Can trading those two first round picks to move up, like how high could you maybe get with it with a trade like that? And with two seconds behind it, how do you feel about moving up to get that one guy? If there's just one stud, an edge rusher they love, and he falls to 12 or 13, something like that. Okay. Are you good with that? Or do you think value? I can get really great value at the end of the first round. Cause that's also where the Chiefs drafted like Jonathan Baldwin, right? So no guarantees. Oh, Listen, I, Sorry to bring so, up the PTSD thing. So, look, as far as like bringing, as far as finding value, I, I am of the belief with this team, unless there is just some guy that they think they've got to go out and get him. 
I would really like to see them just take those two first round picks, just use them. You know, like maybe maybe you move up in the draft so like with, with using some of your later picks. So here, I'll give an example. So looking at Jimmy Johnson's draft value chart, right? He is he went through when he was with the Cowboys in the beginning of his tenure in, in 89 and 90, and he, he assigned a draft pick value. In other words, pick number one has 3,000 points as a value, okay? Pick number two has 2,600 points as a value, and it goes down from there. And you go all the way to the end where the last pick in the draft is worth like two points, okay? Now, some teams still use this chart. Some teams have other charts. Doesn't matter. If I'm Kansas City, I'm looking at my my third round picks that they that they have. So they have they have two thirds. Okay, they have the 94th overall pick, and they have uh, I believe it's 102. Um, 103. 103. Okay. Yep. So all told, so those picks because this chart I'm looking at it's still not updated with the uh, the Chiefs. You still see some of the other teams. The chart I'm looking at roughly puts that value. If I'm doing the math in my head real quick and I'm accurate, it puts it at about let's see, uh, one. Two, it puts it at like 220 points. Is that right? About yeah, 215 points. So those two third round picks, that's what they're worth. Now, let's say you use one of those picks and you put it in conjunction with the 30th pick. That could move you up six spots in the first round. I'd be more apt to do that than package their two first round picks to get way up. Now, if they package them based on Jimmy Johnson's value chart, they could get to about 11th. They could have a top 12 pick or so. But I don't, I don't see it. Like, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm just taking those picks, man. I I am just taking them. You got the 50th pick in the draft. That's worth 400 points, by the way. Like, you got the 62nd pick in the draft worth 284. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm just chilling. I'm those top six picks that they've got in, in, in the first hundred and three, and I'm just I'm just taking them. I'm taking. I'm not saying I wouldn't move up, but if I'm moving up, I'd use picks after that to help me move up. Like I wouldn't be packaging a bunch of those picks. I would at least take five players in the top one hundred. I I guess I'm on the opposite side of that. I mean, they need depth. They need cheap depth, and there is something very appealing to having two guys. If you hit on those two first round picks, if you make them. And of course, they could move up a little bit and still have two first round picks because of the ammo they have behind them in the second and third round. But if you walk away with two first round picks and you hit on them and you've got that fifth year option on both of those players, that's tremendous value for the Chiefs because if those guys turn out, it buys you another year of affordable. Now, the cost goes way up, but much more affordable uh, before you have to re-sign those guys and figure out what you're going to do when they're coming up to free agency. So... The, the exciting thing is for the Chiefs now is that Brett Veach, the world is his oyster. If he wants to trade for a, a proven veteran edge rusher or something like that, and someone's willing to give him up, he's got the ammo to do it. He can do it, and he still have a first-round pick in a couple of seconds. So they have maximum flexibility. Now, we know that the Tyreek Hill situation kind of came about quickly. The reports were that they were close to a deal, not close to a deal, but they were working on a deal that they were optimistic it would get done. It just might take a little bit. And then Devontae Adams got traded to the Packers and or the Raiders and the Raiders ruined everything and paid him a million jillion dollars. And that is why the Tyreek Hill deal fell apart. The talks with the Chiefs fell apart. Tyreek Hill wanted more than Devontae Adams. Chiefs were willing to do it. That's that. Um, so that was that was sort of devastating, but also it was kind of devastating because of the timing, right? The yeah. first wave of free agency had already happened. If this happened, you know, the, the first day of the league year or, or, or something, then the Chiefs, who knows who might be on the Chiefs right now? So is it better now at this point to just, to, you can't go back in time. 
So you think it's better just to, Hey, you know, maybe we make a minor trade for a veteran, but like we're going all in on the draft with these picks now. I just, I just really think for the chiefs, like you need a lot of guys, you need depth, you need help there. Like I, I think you take him. And by the way, guys, I've seen, I've seen so many things about Arden key. Like here's my, here's my analysis of Arden key. He's fine. Like he's fine. He had six and a half sacks last year. It's his career year. He's nine and a half sacks total in four seasons. Like if they bring him in, fine. I'm not going to, I'm not gonna like go like in the in the weeds on this. They're not bringing in like Derek Thomas the second. Um, I mean, it's look he he's a guy who comes out of LSU. If you're not familiar with him, he did nothing with the Raiders for three years. He had three total sacks in three years with the Raiders. And no, last year he went to San Francisco and he showed some of the potential that some people thought was going to make him a really good NFL player. He had six and a half sacks. Look, I'm not against it. Like I I have no I have no problem with them signing Arden Key. I think uh, I'd, have, I'd have to sit there and do a little bit of background. Like I, I'm, I'm not like up on my own guy. I, as far as I know, I know when he was coming out of college, he had had a voluntary stint in, in rehab for marijuana. Which look, I don't think I don't think any team's gonna be hung up on marijuana. But I, I don't know that. Like I, let's put it this way: if they bring him in to be a rotational pass rusher, that's fine. That's fine. Like that's a solid move. Six and a half sacks. Like no, no beef, right? I mean. I, it would be a fine move depending on the money. I guess what I'm driving at is like I don't I don't think I don't think it's something that you look at and go, oh, that that solves the issue. But again, if they want to bring him in as part of a rotation, like if they're looking at him to basically replace like where Alex Okafor was last year, that's fine. You're younger, you're more athletic, you're better. That's good. As long as he's not looked at as like a starting defensive end, I think that's fine. Um, but it's yeah. but it's gotta be that, right? It's gotta be this is hey, and he's going to, what's that? He's Wallace Gilberry right now, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Right. And just right. because, like, remember, Wallace Gilberry in 2010, he had seven sacks for the Chiefs. The next year, he had two and a half. Then he went to Cincinnati, got six and a half in a year, seven and a half in a year. And after that, his career was, his sacking was pretty much over. So just because a guy's young and a guy gets six, seven sacks in a season doesn't mean he's, you know, Chris Jones out there. He's not Tom Bahali. Doesn't mean he can't be a develop, but it's just something to keep in mind that, sacks are look at pressure numbers right that's what you want to look up with these guys um unless they're putting up huge sack numbers right i'm not saying any you know any joe can get six or seven sacks but you know you get into one game what you get you rack up two or three or something and all of a sudden it's like oh look at this season but it's not an indication of consistency just something to keep in mind i think again and i I don't listen i apologize i was a little dismissive to uh to the nation here i just or the kingdom (laughs) rather i just i'm i'm sorry i'm exhausted um, but, uh, and my, I got, I got to take Macy skating or whatever. Nobody cares. Um, look, I, uh, I think he would be a good rotational pass rusher. I think that's, if they bring him in and he's going to rush on third down and he's going to, you know, he can spell a guy for a series or maybe even play a couple of games as a starter because somebody's hurt. That's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, it's silent. If you want to watch a franchise burn, the stadium's on fire. Go, go, go to hose. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I think it's true. I think that right now, if, if you're Kansas City, it's about finding a good rotation up front with a star leading the way, which they don't have right now. And then it's about getting another corner. Like I, I do think they should continue to get younger, but I do think, I do think if you're the Chiefs, like Gilmore, if the deal's not guaranteed for more than two years, it does make sense because they need somebody. Like they, they need a corner. And if you're going to compete this year, I do think that bringing in a veteran corner makes sense. That's that's a little bit of a position where if you bring in a guy and he's getting torched early and often, especially in this division, that's a problem. I'd be more apt to go young at edge 
than I would be to go young at corner. I'd rather they bring in a corner who can kind of like learn on a rotational basis and then ascend, kind of like they did with Snead. They did with Ward. They did with Benton. They've shown that that's kind of how they like to bring along corners. So I'd like to see them do something like that. And yes, uh, if they could trade, if they could trade for Bradbury, Bradbury's interesting. He's he's still a very good player. Um, the Giants are just kind of in this rebuild mode now. The new GM, they're trying to get rid of everybody. But I I think if they could trade a mid round pick, like if they could trade over a fourth for Bradbury. I'm going to look up his age right now. Uh, I want to be sure I'm accurate. I feel like I know his age, but I want to make sure. I think he's 28. He is 28. He's 28. He's born on my birthday. So um, I, I think that makes sense for the Chiefs. I, I think that makes yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't give up a top 100 pick. I wouldn't because I think the Giants are going to cut him if they can't trade him. But I'd give him a fourth. And while we were on the topic just a second ago, 18 minutes ago, Field Yates did tweet from ESPN that Arden Key is coming to Kansas City tomorrow yeah. for a visit. So yeah. Um, it could be very interesting. An interesting signing for them gives them, again, more depth, more flexibility as they head into the draft, as they figure this out. I wanted to ask you, and, and we were alluding to it earlier, because the because the Tyreek Hill, Hill trade had to happen after the Devontae Adams thing and everything fell apart, Tyron Matthew, who still has not signed with anybody, the Chiefs now have a lot more cap space than they expected to have. And so they moved on from Tyron Matthew, now, though, they have defensive holes to fill. They need help in the secondary. Tyron Matthews, incredibly versatile, plays a lot of corner for the Chiefs in this system. He hasn't signed with anybody, so he must not have gotten what he's looking for yet. Now, I'm not saying the Chiefs should go back and overpay if that was never their plan to begin with, even though they have the cap space. But you've alluded to this on the podcast, like, what if he came back? He hasn't signed. It's not going to be for nothing. Does that seem more likely or is that more interesting to you now that this cap space has been opened up? I think from what they've done, they're moving away from all their players. But you know, I feel, I've said this. Like, he is the one guy I would make an exception because, again, I would give a two-year guarantee. I wouldn't give three years guarantee. I would not. Two, I would do. And by the way, for the record, and I can't prove this, I think the Chiefs would have done a deal with Tyreek Hill if it only guaranteed him two years and then the, other, the third and the fourth are kind of options. I just don't think they want to get tied into him to 31 years old. Now, maybe you could argue they should have. I think that's yeah. where they're at. I, I would give him two years guaranteed. I would. I would. I, I still think he can play – now, doesn't mean I think that he is going to be an all-pro those two years, but even if he's a you know, borderline pro bowler, that's a lot. And by the way, Epic, you're here all the time. And I appreciate the comment. He says, Matthew won't come back. I don't, I don't uh, think he, he would take that ego punch to crawl back. I hear that, but consider the other side of it. If he go, let's, I'm just throwing out a team. If he goes to the Jets and he takes two years and 25 million bucks, that's well below what he wanted. And he's going to a team that stinks. If he takes that same deal and comes back to Kansas City, he and his agent can always spin that like, hey, he had bigger deals elsewhere, even if he didn't. He had bigger offers elsewhere, but he wanted to come back to Kansas City. He loves playing there. He wants to win. He wants to be part of a championship team. He can save face by going back to Kansas City should he choose to. Now, I don't think he's going to. I think he probably ends up somewhere else. And I think the Chiefs, if he does, are okay with that. But I'm just saying from a from an ego standpoint, you could save more face going back to Kansas City should he end up having to take a smaller deal than if he goes somewhere else where, you know, like let's say Pittsburgh, because there's been interest, uh, there's been rumored interest. Okay, you go to Pittsburgh, you don't want to shoot, but you got Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Who cares? Right. So I would I would look at it that way as well. But I what would you go? Like would you do two years twenty-four million? Yeah, that's about what I would do. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, I, look, I, yeah. I I wouldn't now if you want to make it like three and thirty-six, but that third year is like just funny money, that's fine. Sure. I would not give 
him any kind of guarantee in the third year. And frankly, I don't think anybody's given him third year in the guaranteed year because he's still still on the market. I think if he was going to get that, he would have already signed. So if you're out there at this point, it's either because you're not good, which of course he is good. You're injured. He's not injured. Or you've overpriced your market. It's the same reason Stephon Gilmore sitting out there. From everybody I've talked to in the league, he's just overshot the market. And he's sitting out there. And when he eventually comes down, and he will come down, then it becomes, okay, well, who's going to pick him up? Joe in the chat asked, why would we give Juju plus MVS 21 million instead of Tyreek 30? I think, look, there's, it's not just that, right? Though, what did the Chiefs get back, which is a ton of cap flexibility and picks? First of all, though, Joe, you got to keep in mind, Juju's not 10 points some odd million. He's three and a half million. So they really gave him three and a half million dollars. And I can guarantee you, Velda Scantling, his cap hits this year is probably going to be something like five million dollars. So that's part of it. The other thing is those guys eat up two slots on the roster. You you downgrade, obviously, from Tyreek, but you upgrade on the backside of it. Plus, don't forget, too, it's not just going to be those two guys. It's going to be whoever they draft. They're going to take a receiver, I would bet, probably in the first couple of picks. So they may still end up on the losing side of that, but I think that's the thought process. And 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 they maintain flexibility because Valdez Scantling is really a two-year deal. Juju's a one-year deal. That draft pick is going to have a four-year deal, but it's going to be a rookie deal. And I, I disagree with Joe. Joe. They're not both bad. Uh, Valdez Scantling is okay. I'm not going to say he's better than that. He's okay. Smith Schuster's a good player. Smith Schuster's not great, but he's good. He's a good football player. And I think you're going to have an opportunity to see that. You've got to keep him. The last three years, I mean, look, I'm not in the excuse-making business. My God, he's been Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges, and Ben Roethlisberger in an archaic offense because they can't move the ball because they can't throw the football. When that guy, when Roethlisberger was healthy and he had any weaponry around him, Smith-Schuster was putting up averaging like 1,200 yards a year. So I, I don't, I think I think Juju Smith-Schuster, and I agree, by the way, uh, with the idea that he's a number two. I think he is a number two. But if Kelsey's your number one weapon, and then you have Smith-Schuster, and then you have Hardman, and then you have MVS, that's, listen, it's not Tyreek Hill. Sell that as a fool. But there, there's there's a lot of, of ability there. I don't think they're going to be hurting for throwing the football. And the last thing I wanted to ask you, and I know you got to get going, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, just one last thing on Tyreek Hill. And we talked about how the window for the Chiefs was right now. And so that was one of the reasons why we didn't like the trade. Why not keep him, try to win the Super Bowl rather than reconfigure their roster over the next two years? Why didn't Brett Veach consider, maybe he did, saying to Tyreek, who was still under contract for this year, hey, listen, fulfill your contract. We're not trading you. We've offered you an extension. If you don't want to take it, play this last year on your deal. Then Veach could have used the franchise tag on Hill when he was 29 and either traded him on the franchise tag if he was able to or said, play again under the franchise tag. And then at that point, Tyree kills 30. You let him walk. Yeah, you don't get anything back for him, but you have two more years of Super Bowl contention. I saw some people say, well, he would sit. I don't think that he would, but I wanted your opinion on that. Was that an option? Was it one that you would have preferred? All right, so really quick on this. I've talked to a lot of agents, not about Tyree Kill for the record, but other players. Sitting out's not even an option with the new CBA. It's just not. They'd be fine to oblivion. It doesn't help you. You don't get a year toward your new contract. It does not help. I saw, and, and listen, Nate Taylor, is a, a, he's a really good friend of mine. B, he's a hell of a guy and a hell of a reporter. And I don't doubt for a second that Hill told me that they would, he would sit out, but that's an empty threat and the Chiefs know it. He was not going to sit out, okay? No way in hell. However, if you do what you say and you play out that whole situation, you're not getting nearly as much for him because now he's not signed for another year. You lose another year. What you know? You lose another age uh, year. You know now he's 29, not 28. I think they just felt, and I think also they wanted flexibility going forward. I think that was the biggest reason behind this. They wanted flexibility. You could argue they shouldn't have done that. 
You could argue they still have Tyree Kill. You could argue they should have extended him. You know what? You're not going to get a fight from me. They are worse today because they don't have Tyree Kill. And to argue otherwise is nuts. Now, maybe in a year or two from now, maybe they're way better because they don't have Tyree Kill. That's totally possible. Both things can be true at once. This second, they're worse than they were 48 hours ago. Okay. But I think in the end, they wanted the flexibility. They believe they can restock this team. And they're looking around that division saying the Raiders have no picks. The Chargers have lost some picks. Okay, and they've got a lot of expensive guys on that roster, and they're going to have to pay Herbert through the nose here very shortly. That Deshaun Watson deal, by the way, the Chargers probably want to throw themselves out of a building when when he signed that contract. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos have limited cast space next year. They're paying Wilson a ton, which is fine. Listen, he's, he's a great player, but the Broncos now have all these guys they got to pay. They they all of a sudden are very locked in. They don't have picks for years. I mean, Denver has no first. No seconds, right? I mean, actually, they have one second this year. They have no, they have no first round. I mean, they, they're these teams now. All of a sudden, somehow, the Chiefs have by far the most flexibility in this division. And by the way, the Chiefs are the ones who still have Patrick Mahomes. And if you go to any book in Vegas, they're the favorite to win the AFC West. Not the Chargers, certainly not the Raiders, not Denver. They're the favorite. They have the best coach. They have the best quarterback. They're the best offensive line. And now they got six picks in the top one and one hundred three, including two firsts, two seconds two-thirds, and they've got an extra $75 million that they weren't going to have now in flexibility and cap. So this team, all of a sudden, if they use those assets wisely, there's no telling what they could be in the next five years. they got to use them wisely. That is the crux of this whole thing. There's one thing that is certain, and it is going to be a very exciting draft. It's going to be a very exciting season to watch how all of these new pieces, some of which we don't even know who they are yet, come together. Thank you so much for checking us out. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're here every Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesdays at Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. Thursdays, myself, Matt Verderam. You can go to arrowheadaddict.com to get all of your Chiefs news. If you like what we do here, if you want more of this on your way out, make sure you're subscribed to this channel because we go live at the drop of a hat if the Chiefs make a big move. That could be tomorrow. That could be Saturday. One of us will get on here and blather on about the Chiefs and give you the best coverage possible. Uh, And if you want to hang out with us in the Arrowhead Attic private Discord chat, consider becoming a member. All the details are in the description of wherever you're finding this content. So um, check it out. We'll see you uh, for sure next Tuesday. But until then, for Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. And as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.